Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this day is Micah chapter 6. Here again the part that reads, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings and calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for the, my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly before your God. You may be seated. I was working on a train set. I remember the thrill of watching the light come on and the wheels start turning and the sound of the choo-choo and the little wisp of smoke coming from the engine rolling down the tracks. Well, I turned the dial and nothing happened. Well, I went over to the receptacle and checked the plug. Everything was okay there. Went ahead and checked the wires for the control. Everything all right there. Tried it again. Nothing. Well, decided I had to check all of the tracks. One by one, seeing if each one was connected. Ah, there it was. There was a disconnection in the track. Put it in place, and everything ran smoothly. You want to live as a child of God? Not only during this epiphany, but also the whole year? Well, you know what's good and what the Lord requires of you to do justice and to love kindness and to, do, and to walk humbly before your God. So some of you went ahead and made New Year's resolutions, did you? How is it going? Some of us didn't do it because you know what? It didn't work last year and didn't work the year before, and so if I don't make them, you can't break them. You see, there seems to be a disconnect And yet we claim to be the children of God, the children of light. In the days of Micah, people recognized some kind of disconnection with God. Some wanted to get back to God, but they were claiming that God had made it too hard. So God goes ahead and has them plead their case before the court of creation. Now creation has been hearing the evidence of humanity way back to Cain and Abel. Remember when Cain slew Abel in Genesis 4? God said that when the ground received Abel's blood, he cried out from the ground. Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 4 calls on heaven and earth to witness against his people because when they forsake the Lord, they will not live long in the land. Again, in Deuteronomy, Moses again calls heaven and earth against them. I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. So God presents his case. Oh, my people, what have I done to you? How have I wearied you? Answer me. And so he goes ahead and stacks up the evidence. Number one, 
where I brought you from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. As if to say, your forefathers experienced a famine and I led them to Egypt and provided for them. Yet the Egyptians enslaved them, but I delivered you. Not only that, I provided leaders like Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. And remember how Miriam led you to rejoice after you crossed the Red Sea and the Egyptians were slain. I have been gracious to you and faithful to my covenant. Evidence number two. The king of Moab wanted to curse you. Even called a prophet to speak against you, but he refused. And they devised a plan to trick you, and you fell for it. But I delivered you from Moab and your sin. I have been gracious and faithful to you and my covenant so that you may know my saving acts. So what's the response? What shall I come before the Lord? Shall I bow myself before my God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and ten thousands rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression and the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Well, maybe it was that some of God's people were really cut to the heart and wanted to repent. Or maybe this is the prophet Micah responding to the Lord's accusation, and he poses the question, how in the world am I to make amends? Or it is the Lord just being rhetorical because the stuff that's listed as the things to do are asking, what do I need to do to set things right? We've all been there, haven't we? Is this what God wants? Let's see. What is listed there is what is done in the Old Testament worship. Levitical law speaks of the burnt offerings with the best of calves, a year old. What comes next? Well, you can offer rams, but a thousand of them? Thousands of them? And oil doesn't flow in rivers, does it? Let alone 10,000 rivers. These are extremes, begging the question, God, how much more do you want? You and I will find ourselves too poor to make the right connection with God. So Micah gets real personal. Maybe, maybe I can give my child to set things right. My firstborn. Oh, that's what the pagans had done in the land of Canaan. Many Israelites were tempted as well, and did. But remember Abraham, how God had answered Abraham when he offered his firstborn son, Isaac, and bound him on the altar. And the angel of the Lord stopped him and said, no. Okay, Lord, what then do you want from me? He has told you. 
what is good and what does the Lord require, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly before your God. Look at the word. It's written down. I haven't changed the requirements. Be just like me in steadfast love. It's that simple. I don't need your self-righteous acts. I don't need your offerings. So again, what has it been like for you for this new year? What has it been like walking as a child of God, a child of the light? We try to love people. We go to church, and yet there is this nagging disconnect with God. We may examine ourselves and see how we still fail to live up to God's requirements. And some people have just found it plain too difficult and have given up on what God expects and they go back to their sinful life because they think they just might be happier. Some justify themselves by simply saying, well, at least I go to church. But God hasn't changed his requirements. God still wants and requires us to be like him, doing what is right and enduring in steadfast love. What do we do? Well, the answer isn't in our text. The answer comes in the next chapter. Micah 7, 7 says, But as for me, I will wait for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Micah can't do it, but God himself will do it. And it will happen just as he did with Abraham, that the Lord provided a trapped ram in the thicket. He will also provide a lamb, but this time the lamb will be God's firstborn son. And the Lord offers him on the cross for you, for me. You see, Jesus is that lost connection. He's the one that makes it. For in, Jesus, in the person of Jesus, humanity and the divinity are joined in the one person, Jesus. You don't have to make the connection. Jesus himself did and does. And he continues to make God's connection with you. Look at your baptism. There God declared you to be the child of light, God, his own child. There he drowned your sinful nature, but he also declared you and makes you a new person, a new creation. And therefore we daily remember our baptism. Yes, confessing our sins as we did earlier in the service. And then hearing the announcement of forgiveness. For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is life and salvation. There's the new person we've been waiting for, that God's been waiting for, and he's creating it himself in you. In Jesus, all the evidence is stacked in our favor. The case is settled. Simply trust him, trusting that he will do it.
And that's what it means to live by faith. So when you come to the Lord's Supper, it is the Lord's death that you proclaim. And that's how his body and blood come to us in, with, and under the bread and the wine. By his death, we receive everything that the law has required because of our sin. By his resurrection, maybe I should back up here, by his death, we have received, he has received, God has received, there we go, God has received everything that the law has required because of sin. And by his resurrection, we are reassured that we are connected with God and that once again, we can live like God has declared us to be, doing what is right and loving kindness. And yet, it's greater than kindness. For the Hebrew word here is chesed, steadfast love, unconditional love, sacrificial love, love that gives more and more, more than a person ever deserves. Walking humbly means we live as creatures who are made by their Creator, listening to His Word that created us and redeemed us. You know, we'll go ahead and pray in the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come. How does God's kingdom come? When God grants us His Holy Spirit so that by His grace, we live or we believe his holy word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. That's how the grace of God works. He gives us, undeserving as we are, his goodness, and we simply give that goodness to others. And goodness and mercy, as you will remember in Psalm 23, will follow us all the days of our life. And we pray again in the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we may ask, how is God's will done? And God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil. Evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. But when he strengthens and keeps us, firm in his word and faith until we die, life connected in Jesus, is that simple for jesus is all the evidence that we need before our god amen the peace of god which transcends all our standing keep your hearts and minds through christ jesus